This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Here in the manly, manly warthog man cave in the piney woods of north central Florida in God's country. In the Melden Law Studio, Melden Law, the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators, protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention, locally owned. Get in touch with them, let them take care of your security needs and patronize our sponsors that you'll see as featuring at the bottom of the hour. Well, 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 I was going to start off with some stuff local. But, you know, in production, I always talk uh, just before we go live. And the production guys are at least uh, two generations behind me, maybe even three. Uh, I guess if I took their ages and tripled them, you may get mine. Something like that, at least two and a half. So they see the world. Okay, he says he's a little, that's a little bit, numbers a little bit off, but at least two and a half probably times younger than I, and therefore has a whole different perspective on the world, understandably. And if you actually, if you poll this show, and uh, look at who watches, which we do all the time. Uh, it's basically older people uh, because they don't get concerned about anything until they get older and realize what they've done and want to start thinking about how to protect it and, you know, this and that one and another. The young ones are doing what the young ones should do. Just live your life and be young and hang on to it because it's going to get away from you real soon. That's my advice as a senior citizen to the young. Go ahead and Raise all the cane you want as long as you're not a mean person or hurt other people. Um, well, I was going to say this story till the last, but in starting out here, uh, uh, production saw my notes and I have on the notes the word earbuds. So the younger generation asked me, two and a half times younger, uh, asked me, what's, I'm real curious about earbuds. That's, that's kind of interesting because Almost never do I get a reaction out of production that they're interested in anything I've got on the on the agenda. Uh, it's really, ha, and I'm not picking on my current people, but, you know, they've got other concerns, as I just elaborated on. And uh, <laughs> I could have, you know, the atomic bomb on there, and it probably wouldn't get their attention. But I put earbuds on there, and all of a sudden, all ears were listening. What are you talking about with earbuds? Well, that's a good question because my good production team said that uh, you realize uh, about earbuds, and I didn't know this, of course, uh, being an elderly man, um, that uh, <laughs> when you put one earbud, Apple earbud in one ear and the other Apple bud in the other ear, it sends the whatever right through your head as opposed to the old way where you had a cord leading from the apparatus to one bud in one ear and then another cord leading to the other bud in the other ear. And those things didn't go through your head. I don't know. That's above my pay grade. But if the young guys say so, then they must know. 
But um, here is the problem that it must be an older person who wrote this in the personal journal section of the journal a while back, and I found it in my midnight auto yard where I keep a lot of stuff that I think someday I might use. Um, This person was concerned about the earbuds ending up in the landfills. Well, that's kind of interesting because that's probably a story that will get people's attention of the older generation, right? I mean, I I doubt the young generation could care where, uh, uh, could you know, they don't care where the earbuds wind up as long as the sound doesn't go through their head. Well, older generation is concerned about these things, are they not? Plastic doesn't biodegrade. We know plastic was really the end thing. All we have to do is go watch the movie The Graduate and see the older gentleman advise a younger man, Dustin Hoffman, by the pool in that uh, affluent neighborhood, I think, in California, that the younger man, as he graduated from college, should take up the study of plastics, that plastics is the future. Well, here we are. Everything has come true from the graduate, if you will. We have these plastic, tiny lithium-ion batteries, and that batteries die. It's not even easy to replace the batteries, so nobody ever bothers to replace batteries. As a friend of mine says the word, he doesn't say batteries. He says batteries. So nobody bothers to replace the batteries, right? So where do they go? Huh? Where do they go? Well, everybody's got them, apparently. Music, your calls, your podcasts playing. There are hundreds of millions, reading for the personal technology column here, there are hundreds of millions of wireless in-ear sets sold every year. Hundreds of millions. I got to take a sip of my coffee from the Sandusland cup here. Now think about that. Think about all the phones you see to start with. I always wonder, what do you do with them? I mean, you know, they're always trying to get you add on and, and buy up and all that. And 5G, 6G, and production told me there's a story about 5G, and I ain't got, had time yet to hear what, what they, the young guys know about it, but I don't know anything about it. So I just use it and assume, right? But there's hundreds of millions of wireless in-ear sets sold every year with AirPods and AirPods Pro. And uh, these are apparently the most popular. They have lithium-ion batteries and uh, similar what powers the phones and other electronics. And these batteries, they also, where do you put them? I mean, where did the where are all the batteries going to go from all the battery-driven this, that, one thing, and another? Um, you can't repair the batteries yourself. I mean, most people can't. We've got a broken down printer here in the Warthog Command Center. And we've worked it and worked it and worked it. And I guess we'll just sling it away and get another one. I mean, you know, what, what are you supposed to do? Some people even lease printers because they don't want to have to get into the problem of replacing them with their shelf life. But what do you do with them after they've deliberately been built to conk out? I don't know. So there's also a fire hazard I didn't know about in the earbuds, uh, you need to, I don't know, I guess your doggone head could light up, but um, uh, the Apple offers self-repair, apparently for iPhones and Macs, but it doesn't provide any manuals uh, or replacement parts for AirPods. AirPods are 
throw away items. And um, all, the, the, you know, they, there they go. They, they um, go where? And the batteries have a, a limited life. So I'm just jumping around here trying to figure out where we fit into this. Um, a battery can only hold about 80% of its original capacity. Um, and when it, gets, when it gets down to that level, it's considered to be a dud. Apple doesn't tell us, evidently, how long a battery lasts. And um, some analysts have pried the buds apart and estimate that the type of battery in there will reach 80% for about 500 charge cycles. Now, I haven't, among all the other things I find myself attempting to deal with as I get older, uh, I haven't added that to my list of knowing how many times I've charged uh, my earbuds. And, you know, who sold me the earbuds? Well, that aggressive salesperson at the store who suggests, oh, you got to have this. This phone now accommodates that. You don't need those old wires hanging out of the side of your head. Now, one thing that's interesting is more and more young people have caught on to this, apparently. You'll see these jocks walking into their locker room or out, whatever, off the plane, and they'll have a full headphone on with wires. That's the way they say it in Tennessee, not wires, but wires. With wires running down to the apparatus delivering this whatever they're listening to. Well, I've noticed that, but I thought, well, that's just a thing to be cool. I guess what it is, is they don't want that stuff going through one, literally in one ear and out the other. I guess this is, there's some truth to that saying. Well, I told you not to do that. And it went in one ear and right out the other. Well, it turns out there's truth to that, I guess. If you told them through an airbud, it did go through one ear and out the other. So I don't know what to tell you. Um, these batteries steadily decay. Uh, they are, um, of course, have to be made somewhere. Oh, golly, don't get me going on that. In a developing country where the labor is cheap to make them. Um, so if you're going to uh, get into some sort of concern about it, uh, you might want to go back to the wired headphones. And the conclusion of this article is that that is what the cool kids are go are doing. The cool kids, I and I guess the cool kids figured it out that they have been told enough that it won't in one ear and out the other, so they don't want to. I'm gonna maybe take these AirPods. Uh, where are they? I got them somewhere. I may take and sling them out. Um, in fact, my wife was going through a bunch of stuff we had just yesterday. That's all the defunct, you know, stuff you have left over that you had with previous versions of phones and, I don't know, music players and everything, and asked me this very question before I knew anything about this article. Um, hey, what are we supposed to do with all these things with wars hanging down? I couldn't even plug one of those in to my current phone. The current phone makes me use the air bud. So I'll be darn. There you go. I got to take another DeSantis coffee. If anybody's got any experience with this huge issue, huge issue, right? Of what do you do uh, when something's going in one ear and out the other? Um, it has really got to be um, 
well, uh, you know, an issue, right? Uh, good morning, Doug Whitaker down in Mexico. You got that problem down there. Uh, oh, golly. Yeah, and Plantation Mark says he kept his flip phone. You know, I knew I know some people who have kept their flip phones for that very reason. Never bought into uh, the more exorbitant uh, type of apparatus that they lead us into buying successively every doggone version. You know, it's it's a trick that that um, well, how shall I say this? You know, advertising is all we all know. Advertising is a lie. Um, it's it's artfully and skillfully done. It's an entire profession. And it's designed to get you to buy something you don't need. Generally, I'm looking right now with some sort of contempt. I have to, I have to, I have to admit, at the advertisings for electric cars, EVs, electric vehicles. I can't find any substance to it, except it'd be cool to be in one. Take a look at the EV ads, and tell me what you think. I think there's it's like cotton candy. You think, by golly, all that cotton candy on that stick is going to be all your, and you put it in your mouth, it's reduced to a teaspoonful of sugar. So I don't know what to tell you. I'm of a senior generation. But I can tell you that um, advertising ain't going to change its tricks. It's going to find a brand. It's going to hire somebody to create the look. We all do it. I do it. Everybody does it. You have to do it to make yourself known. But hopefully, if you see a, a, a Ward Scott Files logo, you know that it's not a trick. You know, I'm not trying to get you to buy a pig in a poke, uh, as they say. So as um, I guess they, I can still say, as, you know, because that's a neutral pronoun. Okay. Well, well, well. Thank you, production, for bringing such curiosity to something I had on the very end of my list. I thought, well, I'll use earbud if I got time at the end of the show and uh, I want, you know, I need to fill it in a little bit. Surely I can talk about, uh, um, you know, earbuds and golly, no, you know, there it is. You know, the, the big issue going on in Florida, and it's always been going on in Florida, is real estate. You know, I don't know. How, there's no real money in the city of Gainesville, Lodgeville County. By that, I mean, where is real money? Real money is in the north. It's in the industrial north. Manufacturing. Manufacturing. Those people who started even something like Hershey candy bars or Little Debbie cookies. I mean, come on. Who started that? Arnold's bread. Go look at their houses. Go look at their standard of living in their country clubs. Go to Westchester, New York. Go to Far Hills in Oakwood, Ohio, a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. Once upon a time, you could go to Gross Point in Detroit, Michigan. That's where money is. 
The money in Florida is not, of course, in manufacturing. It's in the land itself. And that's where the big money is made. That's where the arguments are. That's where the policies and issues sprout up. Because that's the old adage. I've got some swamp land in Miami, I'll sell you. And once upon a time, they did do that. So if you're looking for money in this community here, it's all in real estate people. I have landed at Stengel Field. I have landed at Stengel Field. Do you know where Stengel Field is or was? It is Butler Plaza. Okay? Stengel Field was right there at the corner of Archer Road and 34. And it was an airport, a small airport. Mr. Butler saw that all this would grow. And from the Mount Vernon apartments just west of Chan's, he began to acquire as much as he could. He started out a grocer. Selling one apple and going up the road and get another apple. And now there's an empire, the Butler Empire. But it was a landing strip. That's not going to ever stop in the state of Florida. So the challenge to the leadership in this state is to keep this state from becoming another California. California, it must have been in the 50s. I never saw it in the 50s. When Bing Crosby and those guys were there. Must have been God's country. You know, maybe through the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, right in there, three decades. God's country. And now look at it. The geography and the terra firma itself is God's country. But the management of that place has gone crazy. That can happen to the state of Florida. Just here's how my mind works, because I had a broker's license and and I got involved with development and all that business. I know quite a bit about it. Take the Elantra County Board of Commissioners, for example. Where are you going to put all the people? And the nasty word in Florida, good morning, John Magnuson, Hall of Fame umpire you. Um, Where are you going to put all the people? The nasty word in Florida is sprawl. And, you know, I got to say there's something to that. How many of us have seen one endless, tacky, gaudy strip of stores lined right up against a road you're driving down? 
It practically, def- it practically defines Florida, particularly in central Florida. So I ran across this. I saw this in Main Street News, by the way. Another publication has put the Gainesville Sunset out of business practically. That we're now trying to cluster small homes uh, and give them more common green spaces that they share in common, but their homes themselves are right up next to each other. When I was chair of the Rural Concerns uh, Committee, I advocated that for rural development. Have the people have a common farm. Build their homes around the perimeter of it and then use it. The common, instead of making a retention pond or something like that, draining a development that has one acre lots, whatever, and make it a self-sustainable neighborhood. And I think the county picked up on that idea. We just talked to Ted Yoho yesterday about how this is done in Japan. In infill in Tokyo, it's not filled in with what we've done here in Gainesville with tiny little zero lot line cottages. It's filled in with gardens, food production. You know, put the homeless to work. See, there's too many people who are not being asked to do something. I think many of the homeless would do something. If there was something for them to do. So what we've done, we've doubled the density of these homes on an acre. And instead of four homes in the spot we used to have, we now have eight. I don't really have a problem with that. Because... Land is extremely valuable and going to be more so in the state of Florida. The challenge is going to be to keep those who make policies and all from making it into another California, particularly in Alachua County and the city of Gainesville. So that part of what has been done with the, the clustering of houses, I don't have a problem with. The high-rise student apartment complexes are, everyone feels, I call them egg crate housing. They remind me of eggs stuffed in a egg crate because every unit is the same and they're piled up on top of each other or drab and ugly and and um, uniformly miserable. Um, haha, Mag's going to go mow his acre and a half. Uh, yeah, see you, buddy. Thank you. Um, I don't know. It just seems to be and, and what I heard is going to happen, we're going to close the dorms down on the University of Florida campus and all those 
students are going to move into those high-rise apartment complexes. I can see that because the space on the University of Florida campus is limited. We're housing a lot of people on the campus. Let's house them on the fringes of the campus and use those buildings on the campus for the instructional faculty needs. I think that's in the works. But anyway, this is a local a local discussion about how to best use the land. And it's uh, in the city of Alachua, for example, we just created a parking lot behind a row of stores that on the other side line Main Street. Because one of the limiting factors we have in downtown Alachua is parking. There's no place to park. Much. We needed more parking space. So we carved out, and the price of doing that was pretty significant. Had to be done with grants, quite a bit of money, to create more room for people to come downtown. So... It's a significant discussion in every niche of land in Florida. DeSantis on Wednesday, yesterday, signed into law a $711 million plan to make housing more affordable for working Floridians. It's called the Live Local Act. And it's going to double the funding for housing and rental programs and provide incentives for investment in affordable housing and encourage mixed-use developments in commercial areas. I don't know if you'll get any credit from the left for that because the left is always talking about affordable housing. But let's face it. I was the chair of Affordable Housing Committee for about a year. You don't have affordable housing unless you have government assistance. Because the demand for Florida housing, the demand for Florida green space, the the demand for Florida terra firma, the seller will obviously give it to the highest bidder. And as it becomes more scarce and precious, it will go up. And Lloyd Bailey raises an issue here. There are quite a number of people whom I know who are big-time money, for example, in the state of Kentucky. And they live in Kentucky one day less than that which would make them a full-time resident of Kentucky. Their primary residence is Florida. Well, you can understand why. No taxes down here compared to Kentucky. And DeSantis signed his bill in Naples, which is one of the wealthiest areas of Florida. where this particular person I know, a horse owner in Kentucky, 
has his primary residence, for example. I'm not saying DeSantis and he know each other, but there are a lot of those type people there. So it's kind of a bold place to sign it and probably an appropriate place to sign it. Right in the middle of affluence, sign it and say, listen, you know, we're going to help those who are not as affluent as you. Now, of course, he's drawn criticism because um, it, this bill bars local rent controls and it preempts local government on zoning and density and building heights in certain circumstances. What DeSantis says he's trying to do with this bill is make it possible for people to live in neighborhoods where they work. Walkability. You know, downtown Gainesville, those buildings have spaces upstairs. But there's just no work downstairs because of downtown. Really, the government buildings should not be in downtown Gainesville. They're tax exempt. They take up parking. They don't create anything. But that's never going to change. So the bill, among other things, will create tax exemptions for developments that set aside at least 70 units for affordable housing. Well, well, well. I hope the liberals heard this and uh, understand that this is designed to help teachers and healthcare workers and police officers buy homes. Because a truly affordable house, there is a woman who shall remain unnamed because she's a very well-known public figure. And you may already know who this is. Bought a house not too long ago, 250000 and sold it for 800000 It's called flipping houses. Flipping houses is a profession. It's a professional niche that a lot of people get into. And what they do, you know, they buy it low and sell it high. Flipping houses. I never felt comfortable about it when I was in real estate. I never felt, I felt it was dishonest in a way. I really did. I felt it was too much room for unethical behavior. Um, but, you know. A lot of people do it. So that's really where we are with the land. But when I get back from our bottom of our break, I'm going to tell you where the big argument over the land is right now with DeSantis and, of course, Disney. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott. 
And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. The warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. Scott Fowler, Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave with uh, Ward's Weather Report brought to you by Lewis Oil. Fossil fuel gas, you got to have it. Get it there. Chevron. Well, you know, I got to tell you the truth. We got pretty good weather here. I hope you all aren't jealous if you're not around here. But this is an amazing statistic. I just ran across studying the weather here. Do you realize, let me just make sure I got this right, that over 65 million people in the central United States of America, as football coaches say, America, are at risk tomorrow of a severe weather outbreak. What is a severe weather outbreak? Tornadoes, torrential rainfall, damaging wind with gusts up to 80 miles an hour, some maybe even up to 90. And we're talking about an area that is around Arkansas, Missouri, Indiana, Kentucky, Parts of Tennessee, 15 states. Wow. And uh, this is pretty well figured out. I think the meteorologists are getting pretty good at this, except they can't do anything about climate change. You know, if you want the truth about climate change, I would think 
Just ask a meteorologist, since he predicts this is going to occur tomorrow and affect 65 million people, if he can stop it. Hello. Hello. Major cities in the past, St. Louis, maybe the mayor in St. Louis could stop it. Chicago, they're trying to get a new mayor. We'll get into that, perhaps. Indianapolis, Little Rock, Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Well, I'm going to come back on these days and see if this came true. I'm looking at the map. You've got cooler air coming down from the northwest and hooking up with the warm humid air coming up from the southeast. And they're going to have a collision right there over the middle of the United States of America. There you go. Climate change, you can do nothing about. Wouldn't you say? Well, 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 well. I remember the day. That's a phrase my mother used to say. Do you remember the day? And usually it was a day that made very big impression on her. It could be 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Do you remember the day? Well, I do remember the day when I was going to school in Orlando and working at Martin Marietta Missile Plant and living with my grandparents in St. Cloud, Florida. I told this story before that my grandmother held up the Orlando Sentinel with a big green map across the top of the fold on the front page. And she said, look at here. Somebody bought a bunch of land around here. What do they want it for? It's not good for anything. And indeed it wasn't. Brahma cattle. Oranges. And I'll be darned. Disney. And I have never been to Disney. I don't intend to ever go to Disney. Because Disney ruined Florida as far as I'm concerned. It ruined the Florida that I knew. The lakes, the fruit, the quiet, very quiet down around Kissimmee and St. Cloud in those days. But now cometh before us is a big war between DeSantis's Reedy Creek Board and Disney which has trying, is trying, and perhaps has, at least momentarily, ripped that board of its power. Now, the Orlando Sentinel now has an article. And Disney, apparently, has pushed through a pact and restricted covenants. And I don't understand all the details of this yet. What tie the hands of future board members for decades. This was done by Disney's lawyers 
to push back against Santis. Now, the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District Board of Supervisors voted to bring in outside liars to examine the agreement. And they say that they'll fight back. That Disney has defied the will of the voters and the legislature and the government. And what Disney has done is to circumvent the authority of the board. DeSantis's spokeswoman, who is Taryn Fenske, said it was a last-ditch move to transfer rights and authorities from the district to Disney. And, of course, DeSantis is not going to lie down for that. Um, They're going to immediately push back. And so the battle for who controls the land, as my theme was kind of here at the beginning, the battle for Disney, kind of emblematic of the whole thing. Um. What Disney is trying to do is become, again, the government. And they want to have their own country, if you will, within the state of Florida. And initially, I got to say, when that green map appeared on the, on the Orlando Sentinel, the local authorities probably gave Disney whatever they wanted. Of course, Disney came in deceptively, not identifying itself as Disney. But in the name of progress and development, Disney got away with a lot of things nobody else could come close to getting away with. So, keep your eyes on this. This battle which I think the governor will win. But you you, you just have to understand that my point here is that every inch of Florida is going to become increasingly combatively fought over. As if life were not complicated enough, much of the legal battles, many, in terms of who becomes the mayor, who becomes the governor, who becomes this, that, one thing and another, is interfered with by George Soros and other out-of-state billionaires. George Soros has donated millions of dollars to the Wisconsin Democrats ahead of the upcoming state Supreme Court election. Soros, I guess you've heard his name, he is notorious 
He's a left-wing financier. He donated $1 million to the Democratic Party of Wisconsin on February 22nd, according to campaign finance records. And Governor Illinois Governor J.P. Pritzer donated $1 million to him on March 14th. Also, philanthropist uh, Shustermans, they made four donations in March, totaling a million. All this to the Democrat Party. So Soros and just Soros and Pritzer alone, their contributions account for about 30 percent of the six point six million dollars in individual contributions. According to the Breitbart article that the Wisconsin Democratic Party raised during that time. Now, we know. This is game changing stuff. Zuckerberg's changed the national election. Zuckerberg's Zuckerberg Facebook, which everybody uses, we're using right now, against our will, by the way. Well, they certainly didn't ask me. Financed just in Alachua County alone. $700,000. Most of which went to proliferate the use of absentee ballots, which was justified because of COVID. And you see, you can always argue, well, wasn't any voter beep. We were just making sure everybody could vote. But we didn't, we had no way of knowing who those people were. And he did this all over the place. So you got Zuckerberg. You got Soros. You even got, as I understand it, Morgan, 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 and Morgan, and Morgan, who heavily financed Gillum's campaign. The Wisconsin Democratic Party has all kinds of liberal donors. They're dumping in millions of dollars. And the winner of this race is going to control, decide who controls the majority, control the court. And what's so important about that is the fate of abortion access. Legislative redistricting. You know, Trump doesn't get enough credit. Ted, you and I talked about this yesterday. You cannot take this away from Trump. Trump changed the configuration of the United States Supreme Court. And that has had enormous constitutional consequences to the good. I would say. So these Supreme Courts are places where liars can twist the language into their liking. You know, all a liar does, lawyer, he takes the words 
and he goes north with them. And the other liar takes the words and goes south with them. And then you try to get somebody to believe the direction you went is the right direction. That's it. And all tactics are fair. If you want to say the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Most famous line of poetry I've ever heard in a courtroom. You can say it. The glove don't fit, you must acquit. What? You gotta be kidding me. And then you coach the defendant to struggle to get the glove on his hand. And you don't tell the jury that the glove has been in the evidence room and is withered up. And you coach it to defend that to emphasize the struggle. So this is probably going to be this Wisconsin, according to Politico, according to Politico, the Wisconsin Supreme Court justice race is going to be the most expensive state Supreme Court race um, well, certainly in the history of that state. With a lot of money being pumped in there over these issues that the liberals love, abortion, the trans world, and all that business. The previous record, according to Politico, was about $15 million for a 2004 Illinois contest for a justice. You know, Illinois is the most crooked state, arguably, in, this, in, the, in the nation. I, we, we still believe Mayor Daly, because of Joe Kennedy, swung the race for Jack. I, I don't have any reason not to believe that. So what do we do about this outside influence of private money? I don't. You know, isn't it stupid? You go down. Let me, let me tell you what the liberals did in Alachua County. You used to be able, as an individual, to write a maximum check for a local Alachua County Commission candidate, let's say, of $500. Well, Cynthia Chestnut and a little committee they got together. Unfortunately, I know the people who are on that committee, and they can beat themselves up forever doing it now. We're talked into... Believing that the maximum contribution of $500 per individual favored Republicans. I'm not lying. Favored Republicans. Why? Well, Republicans got all the money. It set the Democrats at a disadvantage. Now, get this. The Democrats outnumber the Republicans at the time about two to one in Alachua County. About 150,000 registered voters. Yet, the argument was the Democrats couldn't afford to offer $500. They had little old ladies 
dumping out their piggy banks from making their quilts, and all they had was $25. So let's cut the donation in half and make the maximum contribution from a Republican or a Democrat $250, which it is right now. But it doesn't say anything about Soros or Zuckerberg. Doesn't say anything about them. These are contributions to an individual candidate. How do you get around it? Oh, there's ways to get around it. Finance the proliferation of absentee ballots, which you can't really figure out who signed. So this is big stuff. Oh, you limit mom and pop. You see, there are no mom and pop Republicans from the Democrat point of view. They're only wealthy millionaires. Mom and pops are over here breaking open the piggy bank. Never mind that they outnumber Republicans two to one. And the only reason they do is they want to vote for candidates because of the closed primaries in the state of Florida. And each party wants closed primaries. The biggest change to voting and fairness in voting would be if we had open primaries. We're not going to get them because each party uses closed primaries. Keep your eye on Wisconsin. That's not the first election that Soros interfered with. In Kentucky, people are wringing their hands because the Kentucky lawmakers Wednesday passed a sweeping bill that restricts how doctors and schools treat transgender use, and they overrode the governor's veto to do it. The doctors whom I know that I respect, and believe me, there are doctors who are liberals, just like there are doctors who are conservatives. You wouldn't think that's the case, but that's the case. Tell me that your sex is determined at birth. The X and Y world. And that that has to be accurate on the birth certificate or future medical issues that can ensue as you grow older. You might become a he, she, or a she, he, or, or they, or an it, or whatever, but the basic configuration of your body, according to the doctors that seem to be the sensible ones, is determined at birth. Any tinkering with that thereafter, under the guise of gender-affirming health care or 
which bathroom and locker or which sport to be used in, discussion of sexual orientation, gender identity, pronouns, belies the fact that on your birth certificate is whether you're male or female. And the Kentucky lawmakers took that position. And so if you want to start messing around with the genders at the expense of a positive atmosphere in the classroom and and um, unnecessary distractions in the curriculum, And you can't do it because this bill won't let you. Now, this, to be sure, is a culture war. And, of course, they're trying to cast this along party lines. And the recent tragedy at the Catholic, I mean, the Christian school with the gender-confused shooter. The media treatment of that tells you a lot. Biden has turned it into a gun issue, which the has blamed on the Republicans. And we know that blaming the gun on it is like blaming the pencil on the misspelled word. It just doesn't work that way. So give it some thought. Look out for those earbuds. They're sending it right in one ear and out the other. Have a great day. Warthog Command Center out.